So let's do this. Welcome to that IT show. Today we are going to be different. Uh, Yasmin here. Uh, we are going to be talking about 6.0.2 processor. And since weather is away, I'm going to do a first of what is going to be a, a couple of different episodes in which I'm going to cover 6.0.2, its history, the idea behind the processor, and why do we think that this is going to be the processor that will not die? Let's roll the intro. Okay. So, the year is 2024. Uh, and we are still talking about the processor that has been on the market for the last 50 or so odd years. And this is one of those things where we need to take a look back, uh, try to understand what we are talking about and why we are talking about this, and try to understand actually when to start when we are dealing with hardware. So. This is one of the incarnations of the process that we are going to talk about, be talking about. It's called the MOS 6502. Uh, it's been a design that has been changed over the years, but uh, its initial version still remains one of the most influential processors that there on the market. And uh, it usually came in this package or when you take a look at the how the die will, looks like, uh, it looked a little bit different, something like this. Uh, this is one of the first processors that was available on the on the market when it came to mini computers, or you could tell, you could say that this was one of the processors that uh, redefined how we uh, understand what the computers are. First and foremost, because it was one of the first processes that was uh, available to the open public and it was affordable when it comes to uh, the normal, regular guys who could create their own computers. So when this processor came out, it was designed to be as simple as possible, as cheap as possible. And one of the ideas behind it was to enable everybody to learn how to program it and to create different uh, computers based on it. This was way back then when uh, having a computer meant that you had to design the entire system, create the entire uh, software for it, and then more or less hope that the market is going to uh, accept you and use your computer. And this was probably one of the most dynamic days when it comes to computing, because almost everybody uh, could create their own computer and could write for that computer and could create programs. So this was more or less the uh, popularization and the uh, result of hard work of many people that resulted in uh, the computers being available to the masses, as we could say. Why are we even interested in this computer? Um, it's extremely old. It came out in 1975. 
this means that it is going to be hitting 50 next year and based on this we could say that after 50 years maybe it's time to put it to rest but the reason why people are still interested in it uh, is not the uh, value that came from this being an old processor but nostalgia is part of it but uh, this is not the entire story the entire story is basically that this is one of those things that enable you to learn a huge amount of things and huge amount of uh, different topics uh, because it was there when those topics were created so some of the names of the different parts of the processor, some of the names of the register, uh, for example, some of the names for the internet and so on, which I'll be covering later, uh, defined how we use this uh, naming conventions uh, still today. So this was one of those things when you had such an influential uh, piece of hardware that it made sense to use it back then, but it also makes sense to use it in education uh, even today. Let's just go through the uh, general specs. Uh, the initial processor was designed, uh, was designed for the 5 volt input. Uh, it also had, um, uh, so basically it was using the logic that was uh, defining the zero as uh, being between zero and 0 0.8 volts. The one was between two and five volts. It was exclusively uh, eight bit inside. But it used it used a uh, 16-bit address bus, which meant that it was able to use six, uh, 65,536 values or 64k of memory, or it was able to address that much memory. This covered the entire memory, including uh, the communication with different uh, hardware devices and outside devices, and. This is where we need to learn a few things before we start coding and we start, start talking about the processor. The processor itself, as I said, is extremely simple. Uh, it, is cons it, is, it consists of uh, a couple of registers. By a couple, I mean actually five of them, six if you count the program counter. And uh, Program counter is the only one that has 16 bits. Uh, the rest of them are 8-bit registers and they are used to store different uh, data points or different uh, types of data inside the processor, both to enable it to work and to enable it to uh, communicate with uh, the software that is running on it. The thing that we must stress is what the registers actually are. Uh, when it comes to memory and when it comes to today processors, we are rarely talking about registers, but registers are, uh, are uh, extremely important when it comes to older processors, but when it comes to processors uh, as such, even today. Uh, memory, as we know it, is usually the memory that is outside of the processor. Registers are directly inside and the registers are part of the processor that are intended to uh, enable calculations and enable operations that the processor is able to do. So when we are dealing with data that the processor uh, 
needs to uh, compute on or work on, this data needs to be in the registers. So what we are going to do is usually we are going to either get some information from the or data from the memory, or we are going to uh, get some data from the registers to the memory. And this is the main way in which we are going to uh, deal with our, uh, with our programs and with the data that we are going to work on. 6002 has more or less three uh, registers that are intended for the, uh, for the user and three that are intended to enable the processor to function. On this slide, I have uh, all of them. A, X, and Y are the, pro are the registers that are intended to be general purpose. <coughs> By general purpose, I mean that they can be used all over the software and they are intended to hold 8-bit data and you can do some operations uh, on that data depending on the instruction that you are going to use. Only difference between those processors is, is in the way that they are wired inside the processor. So the registers, it's a, a, or to be more precise, the thing about these registers is that they are differently wired inside the CPU. And this means that some operations are possible on some of the registers and some are not. Uh, we are going to go into details when we mention different operations, but in general, uh, register A is the one that enables you to do the most uh, operations, and X and Y are there to be um, more of a support or more of a different uh, register to hold different parts of data that, that is going to support the main operations that you're going to perform on the data in the register A. P, S and P, C are registers that are we uh, rarely use directly or to be more precise, uh, they are designed uh, for the special use of the processor itself. Uh, and I'm going to go into different into details of what they mean. But generally speaking, uh, program counter always holds the information about the next uh, instruction that is going to be performed. Uh, S or stack pointer is the processor is the processor register that is going to point to the top of the stack. And the P register is going to be the flag register that is going to hold the different flags that mean different things when it comes to uh, what happened or what is uh, currently going on in the processor. 6502 is extremely simple. Uh, and this is reflected in the way the P register works or the flag register works. Uh, some of the bits that are there are not used. There is only one bit, basically. The seven of them are used, the one is not and it is always one. Uh, the idea being that you need to know, if you need to know what is happening inside the CPU, you can take a look at the different bits in the P register and see 
what is happening inside the processor, what is the result of the last operation, and what happened. For example, there is an overflow bit that means uh, that has a meaning of telling you if the overflow occurred or to be more precise if the operation that was the last performed uh, went outside of the um, span for the seven bit numbers uh, there is a uh, bit called negative that provides you with information is the number currently in the uh, accumulator positive or negative uh, and this usually is used when it, we need to test for uh, a number being negative after the operation that we performed. There is a, a bit called B or break. Uh, and this means that uh, the break command was executed and we usually use it to um, be able to recognize if the interrupt was uh, harder or softer based. Uh, if the interrupt was done by the software, we're going to see a B here, so B is going to be set. If the interrupt was hardware based, so it was initiated by the outside hardware, uh, the B is not going to be set. We are going to be talking about a uh, little bit about this later when we go and deal with the uh, assembly language. Uh, also, there is a register that you won't see, or the register bit that you won't see anymore on the mother processor, uh, that switches the mode. Usually, the processor uses a binary code digi uh, digital uh, on a, uh, a binary code decimal notation, but you can also switch it to decimal mode. There is a switch or a flag that is able to uh, disable the interrupts. There is a flag that uh, is set if the last of the operation resulted in a zero being written to the accumulator. And we have a carry. Uh, that is used to uh, see if the last operation had a carry set or to be more precise if the uh, result of the last operation uh, needs more than 8 bits to store the result so this is this behaves as a ninth bit that can be set uh, while using the CPU stack pointer is interesting because this is one of those early, th early things that uh, were defining how, the, how to use and how to store the data inside the uh, memory or inside the processor. The data needs to be stored. And when you are dealing with a software operation, any software operation, you're usually dealing with multiple uh, points of data or multiple data uh, values. 6502 is extremely simple and there is no way to store variables you cannot say okay the variable a equals something or variable b equals something what you can do you can refer to locations and you can store the data there if you are able to structure your data in such a way that you know how this data is going to be uh, sorted then you can use something called a stack a stack is part of the memory uh, in this particular case had recorded as locations between uh, 101 ff hexadecimal so something called the first page of the memory it is 256 bytes of memory and the stack pointer is a value that is going to show you where the stack is right now what does it mean to 
point to the stack or where the stack is. Uh, when the computer starts or when the CPU starts, because we are dealing with the CPU now, the computer itself is uh, the CPU, the stack pointer is going to be reset to the top of the range. So it's going to point to 1FF. If you do any kind of push uh, instruction, it is going to decrease the stack pointer. So the stack pointer is going to be decreased by uh, 1, and it is going to move to, for example, from 1FF to 1FE, and so on. Uh, stack pointer is 8-bit, and you can see that the location is 16-bit. This is because the offset is always 100 hexadecimal. So we are always dealing with the values between 101 FF. So the stack pointer is going to just show FF in this example. And one is just going to be uh, a thing that we are going to presume is the offset. Offset, uh, the stack pointer itself is uh, last in first out type. So the last information that we put on the stack is going to be the first information that we can uh, get. And also, there is no uh, control over the stack itself. So what we can do wrong is that we can break the stack or uh, do a stack overflow, meaning that we can uh, cycle the stack. And once we reach the bottom of the stack, we are going to automatically go back to the top and this is going to break the things because uh, we can only store 256 bytes of information if we try to store one byte more we're going to overwrite the first location that we stored and the other thing is that we can directly influence the stack so this is one of those things where 6502 is uh, simple but you have to pay a lot of attention in order to be able to uh, successfully create your own programs. Some of the emulators out, out there are aware of the way the stack can be broken or the stack can be overflowed. So some of them are going to warn you that the stack has been overflowed and they're going to throw an error. But this is not the um, this is not something that you, you can depend on. So if you are uh, writing for the actual processor or you're writing from a for a different uh, emulator, check. If the stack uh, pointer um, cycles, uh, cycles over, so if it, if it goes below FF, uh, sorry, below 00, and if you um, uh, decrease it by one, it's going to become one FF or go back to the top. This means a stack overflow. And if you see that your compiler or your um, emulator is not uh, warning you about this, have in mind that it can be like that. So uh, the stack is not going to be monitored by the processor itself uh, in its original state. The last register that we are going to deal with today is called program counter. Uh, program counter is 16-bit, and this is the only 16-bit register. And uh, it is there to store the location, the memory, where, where the last instruction, the, well, the next instruction that you're going to run is stored. So uh, when the CPU needs to execute the next instruction, it is going to read the program counter, uh, fetch the instruction from the memory, and then execute it. The instructions in, on the 6502 are 
always one byte of code. So operation code or what the instruction does is one byte. And then we can have zero, one or two operands or uh, parts of data that this uh, instruction is going to operate on. Uh, it, is, it is also uh, all dependent on the instruction that is performed. And if you need to uh, know what is the length of the particular instruction, so how many bytes does it take in the memory, uh, you can either look it up or uh, in the manual, or you can simply calculate it uh, because uh, as soon as you start working on 6.0.2, you're going to understand that these things are pretty basic. Uh, instructions that are not influenced by uh, data, like increase or decrease, uh, are usually one byte, one byte um, instructions. And then instructions that require operands are going to be the uh, longer instructions. And all the manuals are going to provide you with the exact value of for different kind, uh, versions of the uh, operation. So you're going to be able to see how long the instruction actually is. Instructions themselves are or can be written in two ways. You can either uh, write them out as mnemonics, so usually three-letter abbreviations of the command, or you can directly write down the opcode and use it directly in hexadecimal mode. It can be done, and people that have uh, huge amounts of experience with 6.0.2 usually do it this way because it's much quicker. But on the other hand, it's much, much easier to, understand, uh, to remember the mnemonic. And this is the idea of the mnemonic being something you can, you can actually memorize. Uh, instructions can use direct and indirect addressing. And uh, we are going to deal with this later when I'm, uh, when I'm going to be uh, talking about the different examples. For example, uh, one of those instructions can be something called LDA. So uh, load accumulator or load A with value. The value is going to be inside the memory. Uh, depending on the way how we call this uh, instruction, you're going to either refer to a location in the memory or you're going to be referring to an actual value that you're going to put in the memory. Then there is an instruction called ADC that is uh, intended to add. So it is going to take whatever is in the accumulator. It is going to uh, use the operand of the uh, instruction itself and then add those two values and ref uh, use the carry to reflect if there was a um, overflow or it, if there was anything that the, uh, if there was a bit that uh, wasn't able to be put in, inside the A register or if the result, basically the result was uh, nine bits long. SBC is subtract with using carry, so the opposite of add. And you can, for example, set carry and clear carry directly. And the reason why I chose these five uh, instructions and examples is more or less because they can, depending on how they uh, are called, they can be uh, from uh, one byte to four bytes long inside the memory. And this is one of those things when, where uh, a single mnemonic, for the example LDA, is going to end up being different opcodes de depending on uh, 
uh, what the actual uh, command uh, or extraction uh, needs to do. This is one of this is probably the right place that we uh, just uh, quickly detour from the thing that we that, that we are talking about and just mention one thing. Uh, CPU does not understand what an instruction is. It understands opcodes, and basically, one instruction that we think about as an instruction, for example, LDA, is going to map to different opcodes depending on which values are we using uh, is, uh, as operands. So for example, if we are using direct values, this is going to be one opcode. So the processor is going to take whatever we uh, noted down as the um, value, and it's just going to put it straight into the accumulator. Uh, when it comes, if we use the reference to a part of the memory, the processor is going to first go to the memory, load the value, and then put that value into the register A, and so on. This is going to be different opcodes, because different opcodes mean, means the processor that he needs to do or it needs to do different things. Uh, when you first see the hexadecimal notation of the instructions compiled so uh, or assembled, you are going to see that uh, one command can be uh, can result in different uh, opcodes. This is normal. This is exactly the thing that I'm talking about. Uh, depending on how you use the operands and which version of the, com uh, the command instruction you are uh, using to uh, you are assembling, uh, opcodes is going to opcodes is going to be different, and this is something that you are go going to quickly uh, learn to understand and. It is going to take you probably a couple of hours before you are able to actually read hexadecimal code inside the 602. Numbers are differently uh, represented when it comes to assembly because uh, the assembly itself needs to be able uh, to understand what you are dealing with. So if you just uh, note the number in the assembly, you are going to, uh, by assembly I mean assembly language, you are going to be referring to the decimal value of the number. So for example, in this uh, in this example, the 24 means 24 decimal. If we put the dollar sign before the value, we are referring to the hexadecimal value of the number. So this is actually 36 decimal. If we put the hash before the value, this means the exact value of 24. In this particular uh, case, we are meaning uh, hash 24 means a decimal number 24. And if we do both things, so the hash and the dollar value, this means decimal 36 or 24 hexadecimal. This is going to be important later because if we omit the hash, this means that we are referencing a location in the memory. So we can be using uh, directly um, directly addressed uh, parts of the memory. And we are going to be dealing with uh, memory differently because we are going to be using something that can be considered pointers if you are into C. Uh, since 6502 more or less does, does not understand anything other than either a part of the memory or the direct number being uh, referenced.
when it comes to instruction set and if you are in any way acquainted with the how uh, for example uh, Pentium or uh, Intel processors of uh, newer generations work you're going to be uh, probably surprised that this is everything that the instruction set is able to do it has four addressing modes we are going to be dealing with something called immediate absolute absolute index and indirect index mode and instruction categories are just a way of trying to explain uh, how the instructions are grouped uh, they're going to be either dealing with the memory register the register transfer they're going to be dealing with the stack they're going to be dealing with the arithmetic logical uh, operations branching calling and returning from functions dealing with flags uh, dealing with interrupts and doing a no operation or just more or less waiting for the next uh, operation to occur it probably if you haven't done anything any assembly language uh, programming it doesn't uh, make sense to you to do a no operation but uh, sometimes you need to wait for something to happen so you need to skip a, a cycle and you need to make your processor wait for the entire cycle because you're simply waiting for something Now for the addressing. There are four different types of addressing in the 6002 world. Uh, the immediate one is when you are dealing with directly with the memory. Uh, and this or directly with the, with the values. Uh, for example, if you say LDA uh, hash $04, you are saying uh, put uh, the value of 04 hexadecimal inside the memory and the memory itself is the accumulator or the a register then in this example we are doing clear uh, carry and then we are adding the value of 3 to the a then we are adding the value of 2 to the a and we are adding the value of 1 to the a a being the a register and the value being the actual number that is on the screen this means that we are not uh, dealing with the addresses we are addressing the cpu so sometimes people uh, when they see the word addressing mean uh, we are addressing the memory no we are not talking about addresses we are addressing so we are talking to the processor and we are giving it immediate values the immediate immediate values being four three two and one in this particular case absolute addressing uh, is different uh, what the actual absolute addressing means is that we are dealing with the value in the, uh, of the memory uh, of the memory location that we are going to be using to do something in this example we are going to be simply uh, filling part of the memory exactly four bytes of the memory with different values when we start with uh, the first uh, command LDA4 hash dollar zero four this means put the hexadecimal number four into the register a sta means store from uh, accumulator or store from a and this is going to be getting the information from the uh, accumulator to the location that we point to we are pointing to the location uh, hexadecimal zero two uh, zero three 
and you can see here that we are using six, a 16-bit uh, number or two bytes of, for, uh, for a number because the P program counter and the memory itself the addressing space of the memory is 64k so we can use two bits uh, two bytes to uh, directly talk to the memory so the what this first part of the example does is it uses the uh, accumulator to fill the values from 200 to 203 so the four bytes starting at 0 to 0, 0 to 0 to 0, 3, and it's filling it with values of 1 2 3 and 4 hexadecimal uh, location by location the reason why we are doing it backwards is because this is the usual thing that you do when you're dealing with uh, the assembly usually the um, normal um, way of doing things is going to be from the highest value of the memory to the lowest value in the memory simply because it usually makes things uh, easier when it needs to do uh, the addressing and other things uh, if you want to now add those four bytes that we uh, stored, so we put one, two, three, and four inside the, those four bytes in the memory, we can now directly talk to them by using the memory locations. So now we are omitting the hashtag, and uh, this means that first you're going to load uh, whatever is in the location 0203 into the accumulator, clearing the carry, and then doing the addition and just adding uh, whatever is in the location 202, 201, and 200. This is uh, what you would do if you used, if you used uh, what would be called pointers. So you are referring to part of the memory, getting the information out of it. The information itself is one byte long. So you are putting one byte into the accumulator and then you are uh adding a value to it and in the end of this you're going to be uh, you're going to end up with um uh, result inside the accumulator and the carry is going to be set if the result is bigger than eight bits there is also something called absolute indexed addressing uh, and this is the reason why sometimes we are calling the uh, X and Y registers uh, indexing registers. The programming itself usually requires you to do a lot of iterations and it requires you to deal with a lot of data that is going to be sequentially uh, stored. Uh, since 6.0.2 only has one uh, accumulator and it can st only store a single value or you can use the stack to store multiple values but you you also need to iterate through them there is a way to do the indexing uh, in this particular case what we are doing is we are loading the X register the indexing register with the value of 3 and then we are referencing the location that is going to be referenced as dollar sign zero two zero zero comma x. This means in assembly that we are going to be referencing the location that is going to be uh, the value of zero two zero zero plus the value of x. So we are using the x as an index. In this particular thing, uh, what we are doing is the index is uh, 3. So we are referencing the value in, in the location 2003. 
then we are loading that value into the accumulator then we are decreasing the x this is the dex uh, command it doesn't have any other operands then we are doing the same thing with the next location so in this particular case this is going to be 2 so 202 then we are decreasing the x 200, we are adding to, uh, the information from the location 201 decreasing the x and then adding it from location 200 uh, functionally this is going to be the same as the previous example but we are doing the uh, addressing by using indexes and this is something that we are going to be doing a lot uh, since this this is going to help us do a lot of things uh, in much quicker way than it would be to simply just write out the different addresses and the other thing is that sometimes we don't know how many passes or how many locations in the memory we need so uh, by using the indexes we can just um, uh, create the value that we need and we can store as many values as, as we need to and just skip over the rest of the memory now when I'm dealing with uh, assembly, I usually do uh, this example and I uh, show it to my students since this is the way how to do a loop. Um, why are loops important? Because this is the first time that we are going to be dealing with um, how to uh, make a decision inside your, so your assembly. Assembly by itself is a strange beast. Uh, it is trying to, and it is always going to try to uh, execute one instruction after the other. So the assembly itself is not going to jump in, in the memory. What needs to happen is that you need to make jumps or uh, usually they're called conditional branching or branches. And uh, you need to tell the processor where to go if, if a certain condition is met. What we are going to do here is we are going to go step by step and explain which what each uh, command is. And I do uh, recommend you go and take a look at those commands and try to use this in the uh, emulator that we are going to be dealing with later. So LDX uh, hash dollar zero three. Uh, store the value of 3 hexadecimal into the register X then uh, go to the location 200 plus X so in this particular case 203 and get the value from this mem uh, this uh, byte in memory and put it into the register A decrease the X so X is now going to be uh, 2 clear the carry and then the next bolded command is something called the label it's not an instruction it's uh, just a way of telling the assembly uh, where the start of the loop is so um, the assembly itself is not going to be able to uh, understand uh, where to jump unless you tell it where to jump so this is more or less of a marker it just tells the assembly this is the point where you need to jump when we're jumping and uh, you are uh, changing the way your instruction sequence is going to work next after this you we do the addition with carry 
we are uh, adding the uh, value from the location 200 plus x, so 200, uh, 202, decreasing the x, and then comes the important instruction. Uh, BPL means that we are going to be branching uh, when the uh, value is positive. This means that your command is going to be going back to the add loop location, so the label that you have uh, put inside your uh, inside the program. Uh, if the result of the previous command was positive. Since we are decreasing the register x, this is the last command that has been uh, executed. So uh, until we, we hit 0 and try to decrease it by 1, so becoming this becomes a zero uh, becomes a negative number this loop is going to loop itself so it is going to go through the iterations for the value of the values of two one zero and then it's going to break out by breaking out i mean uh, it is just going to go outside of the application and it is going to try to um, run forever depending on the um, emulator that we are using and we are going to be using two of those uh, your emulation is either going to stop or you are going to have to stop the emulation yourself because it doesn't know when to stop. The last thing that I failed to mention and that I need to mention is uh, something called indirect indexed addressing. Indirect indexed addressing is a thing that is required when you are dealing with matrices and when you are trying to um, create additional uh, ways of um, referencing parts of the memory. And the idea is that you can read the value from the memory and then you can uh, use an index to use this value uh, and uh, create a pointer or a location, uh, pointer to the location in memory where the information is stored. Let's use the example because this one is much, much, much more uh, based on examples and it's easier to understand when you have an example before you, before you. So the first four commands are simple. We are stalling the values of 0, 0 and 0, 2 into the locations 10 and 11. Uh, by using just uh, one byte or uh, eight bits to, uh, for the location, we are referring to the location 0010 or 0011. So we're referring to the, the very start of the memory. Then we are going to use the register Y. Uh, register Y is usually used when you're dealing with uh, indirect index addressing. And we are going to put the value of 3 into it. Then we are going to do the command that is uh, that has the value of dollar sign ten in parentheses, then a comma, then a y. What does this mean? This means for the processor to go to the location ten, to get the value from there. Once it gets this value, to add the value of uh, y register to it, then to go to this value, uh, to use this value as the reference in the memory go there and then grab the uh, grab the information that is inside the um, inside the memory stored on this location the thing is that when you do it like this what you're going to be uh, dealing with is not only the thing that you are going to be dealing with the location 10 but 
since we are referencing memory, what the processor is going to do, it is going to load the location 10 and 11 because the memory is always referenced as a 16-bit number. So it is going to be using both the values in the, uh, value 10 and the uh, in the location 10 and location 11. It is going to add the Y to it. So it is going to become uh, location 11 is 0, 02, location 10 is 0, 00. So it's going to become uh, 0, 02, 00, 00 plus the, uh, the value of 3. And then it is going to do a loop and it is going to just do the same thing as it did the last time. When I uh, am dealing with this, I also need to mention one thing. Um, when you are uh, using the internet index addressing, it is a strange thing. The strangest thing is that you are always going to be referring to the first location in the memory. And this location is going to be uh, the one that is going to be read. And then the um, instruction that is using this uh, kind of addressing is also going to read the, uh, the location be uh, after the location that you gave it because it needs the 16-bit number. The values that are going to be stored in the, in the memory need to be stored as little endian numbers. Uh, endianness or the, the value the, the way the value is stored in the modern processors is uh, can be either little or big endian. Please don't use the uh, any other terms. Uh, we are talking about little end first. So the part of the number that is uh, stored in the memory is the little part of the number. So the least significant uh, bit of the number. Or big endian means that the first byte that you are reading is the most significant bit. For example, in, the, in our example, we are dealing with locations 10 and 11, and we are storing, storing 0, 0 in the location 10, and we are storing 0, 2 to location 11. When we decode this as little endian number, it actually means location 200, because the little end, or the least significant number, is the first, so zero, 0, and the most significant part of the number is the second, so zero, 02. So zero, 02, zero, 00 is the actual value that we are going to refer to. A register X cannot be used here. Uh, just as a side note, the reason why we have this strict uh, ways of using different commands is because the processor itself is structured like this. Uh, why we cannot use pro uh, uh, location uh, uh, the index register X? Because the processor itself is going to use it to store the information where it needs to uh, go. Uh, register Y is directly wired to be able to use the, to be used in this mode. So this is just a thing on how the processor works, and we need to make sure that we are not stepping on the toes of the processor while it's doing its thing. There, is all, there are also some, some other things that you can do. Um, there is something called zero page addressing. And this is when you reference the uh, values in the memory uh, as uh, single byte or 8-bit numbers. And uh, the reason why it's called zero page is because the memory itself is structured in such a way that we are referring to each block of the memory that is uh, 256 bytes long as a page. So 
uh, when you're dealing with pages like this, your zero page or the first page when it comes to human, the way humans uh, count, is going to be the first part of the memory. And then once you get over the value of one zero, uh, zero, you're going to be dealing with the first page, then the um, uh, page after this is going to be two zero zero to two ff. This is going to be the second page, and so on and so on. If you take a look at it, uh, the page number is the most significant byte of the uh, address, and the location inside the page is the least significant byte in the uh, address of the in the page. So it's just the way the pages are addressed and the way the memory is referenced. It doesn't change the way that we are going to be thinking about it, but it helps. Because if you're dealing with pages, you can also uh, see that sometimes you're going to be need, needing uh, 16 bytes, uh, 16 uh, bits to uh, refer to a value. Sometimes you're going to be able to use the only 8 bits. So um, you need to make sure that you know what you're uh, trying to you're trying to do. There is also another addressing mode that we are usually not using and it uses the register X and this one is um, a little bit complicated because uh, this one says this it uses the parentheses but the parentheses are uh, outside of the entire uh, equation so what this does is it goes to the location 10 and gets the value from there it adds the X then uh, it goes to that location in the memory that the uh, entire uh, equation uh, equates to and then goes there and gets the gets the information from the, uh, from that part of the memory this is rarely used but it can be used and it's one of those things that you are going to be learning much much later because you're going to be struggling with uh, normal addressing and normal indexing and then uh, after a few hours spent uh, trying to debugging debug things you're going to be understanding why you should even need a thing like this uh, why are we dealing with different modes of addressing and why are we dealing with different uh, ways of talking to the memory because six uh, zero two does not understand types uh, when we say types uh, those who are doing the programming among you, you know what the type is. So a type of the number means uh, that a value has a different meaning to you. For example, it can be an integer, if the number is the whole a whole number, or it can be a float, if a number is a fraction, or you can do uh, double floats, you can do uh, bytes, you can do um, uh, values that are letters, for example, and so on. And 602 does not understand this. 6002 is simply referring to bytes in the memory. It doesn't know if the byte you're storing is part of the floating point number that you're trying to reference. If you are dealing with uh, something that can be considered, uh, I don't know, a letter, or a part of the memory that is being uh, referenced just to be uh, full of pointers to different parts of the memory. So uh, 6002 only knows that there is an address this address contains uh, a byte of data, and then depending on what you're trying to do, uh, this uh, byte of data can be either an opcode, or can be an operand, or can be just data for uh, some different uh, command to execute. So uh, 6002 is referencing everything in, as memory, 
And then when we need to create a different data type, for example, mat a matrix, or uh, we need to create an array or something like this, we need to do it by ourselves. Uh, this is the reason for the indexing modes. For example, if you need to create an array of bytes, you simply just uh, use the uh, X register and just uh, create a start of the array and then uh, reference different uh, elements in the array as different indexes in the, uh, in the array. Uh, different commands can be used when it goes when we are dealing with the registers and the memory. LDA, LDX, LDY are used to uh, load the register A, X, and Y. Uh, but depending on the mode that you are using, some of the modes are not uh, available to you. Uh, all the uh, memory load and store uh, instructions are going to affect the N and Z flags. So, for example, if you um, take a value that is going to be negative from the point of view of the processor and store it into the, uh, for example, register A, uh, the flag N is going to be raised. If you put zero into the, any of the registers, the, the Z, uh, Z flag is going to be raised. The counterparts of those LDA are STA, STX, STY. Uh, these, these mean that you are storing the information from the register to the memory. So different direction, but the same thing. You also have some instructions that are able to uh, transfer information from register to register. Uh, almost all the combinations are available. So you can st uh, transfer from A to X, A to uh, Y, X to A, uh, Y to A, X to S, S to X, and so on. You will notice here that some of the some of the uh, registers are not uh, registers are not available, and this is the reason why um, uh, things can be complicated sometimes. But also. Uh, there is a reason to uh, the, why, why this is like this, and this is to avoid complexity in the hardware itself. Uh, 6602 uh, is a simple hardware design and uh, creating a way of uh, being able to t uh, transfer data between each and every one register to each and every one other register is uh, much more complicated than it is to just uh, wire, because you need to hardwire some of the registers together. Then we come to stack. Uh, stack has uh, two instructions that are able to hold the stack and use uh, additional register to hold the context. Context being the current value of the stack. So you can transfer the stack to the register X or uh, transfer the reg uh, register X to the stack. Uh, then we have either a push or a pull. Um, push being PHA, uh, meaning uh, get the information stored or the bytes stored in the accumulator and put it to stack. This is automatically uh, move uh, the stack pointer one location down or it is going to decrease the stack pointer. Um, PHP is going to put the flag register to the stack, the entire flag register. So all the flags are going to be stored. And this is important because the processor 
does not understand how to call a function. There are no functions in the uh, assembly. So if you need to do something, you need to store the uh, current value of the uh, flags because uh, the next uh, operation that you perform is going to override them. So if you're uh, calling a function or if you're calling uh, something like an, an interrupt, this means that you're going to be dealing with uh, flags and if you need to go to interrupt routine, first you're going to usually stall the, uh, store the flags so you can go back to where you were before the interrupt was called. PLA and PLP are the exact opposite of the uh, PHA and PHP. Uh, PLA means uh, go to the top of the stack, whatever is there, put it in the, in the, into the accumulator A and then move the stack pointer up and PLP is going to do the same thing with the flags. So it's going to take the value from the stack and put it to the, into register P. One note of caution here. Uh, the processor does not understand what is on the stack. It does not understand what is the value that you are storing there. So it, if you do not make, uh, if you're not uh, uh, paying attention, you can simply go and uh, move information that was not meant to be into the stack in the you know, in the flags uh, register and try to move it from the stack there or you can uh, pop the value of the flags directly to the accumulator because you weren't paying attention so try to when you're dealing with the stack try to uh, remember what was the first uh, value that you were put that you put on the stack so for example if you wanted to store the uh, first the A and then the flags, you would put PHA and then PHP. But once you are finished, you would then do a PLP and then PLA because the stack is uh, last in first out. So if the last thing that you put on the stack is the flags, you need to pop the uh, flags first. So you're going to do it the opposite way. Same goes with the calling on the functions, but we are going to be dealing with this later. When it comes to arithmetics, uh, there is a lot of different uh, different uh, instructions that you can use. We, are, we were talking about ADC and SBC, so the addition and uh, subtraction. Um, subtraction requires you to set the carry flag before you do the subtraction itself. So have that in mind. Uh, it's just the way the processor works. So you need to set the flag if you want to have the subtraction be correct. Uh, increase and decrease or uh, ink and deck uh, can be used to uh, increase and decrease the value of the, on the memory or in the memory location. You can also increase uh, and decrease the value in the register X and Y. You can do comparing so you can compare the operand or the value after the instruction to A, to X or to Y, depending on the instruction that you're going to be using. And then based on this, you're going to have a, you're going to be able to use branching. So you're going to be able to understand based on the, what the comparison did, you're going to be, uh, to you're going to be branching either if the value was less than, uh, more than or equal to a certain value. 
So you can do the uh, using the arithmetic and the, the compare function. You can do the branching and you can do conditional branching. Logic. Logic is interesting because um, first the logic functions work with the A register and uh, logic functions have an operand. So uh, whatever is in the A register is one of the operands, the other is the one uh, after the instruction. Uh, you also have uh, shift left using the carry. You can shift the operand right using the carry. And uh, you can uh, rotate to right and rotate to left. So you can just uh, take whatever bit is on the the leftmost side and then uh, put it on the, on the right and move everything on the right and vice versa. You can also bitwise compare uh, bit, bitwise end uh, the value uh, after the bit uh, instruction and compare it uh, do the logical the logical instruction end on the uh, accumulator and this is one of those things that are immensely uh, important once you're doing something because logic instructions in processing and in the assembly uh, is something that is used when you need to speed things up uh, you're going to be uh, doing a lot of sores and a lot of uh, ends and ors um, when you're dealing with not only the numbers but also the way the numbers are stored. So you're going to be using something called masking and we're going to be dealing with this later. Now for the branching. Uh, you can either jump unconditionally or you can do the branching. Branching means that your uh, application or your uh, assembly program is not going to run uh, linearly but it is uh, going to branch or uh, it's going to change its own execution path. Usually the programs are running just uh, each instruction after each instruction the way they're stored in the memory and once you uh, try to use the branching you're going to be changing this. We already have a, had an uh, example that was using the branching. Uh, it is using the idea of being um, a number being zero or not being zero, being positive or not being uh, uh, being positive. Um, we can more or less branch based on what uh, what the uh, result the result of the last uh, instruction was. So your branching is going to be based on the flags. BCC, BCS are there to jump if the C flag, so the carry flag was clear or set. B and E and B and Q are going to jump if the zero flag was clear or set. Uh, BPL and BMI are going to jump if zero or not zero uh, flag uh, was set, and this is not correct. Uh, this should be negative. This is uh, not jump if zero, this is jump if negative. And then we have BVC, BVS, jump if we uh, flag is clear set. I'm going, to, I'm going to be talking about the overflow flag uh, later when we are going to be do, dealing with the uh, different, uh, different uh, ways that the numbers are represented in the memory. Conditional branching is always relative, so we can only jump relatively to the code that we are dealing with. It is always 8-bit and signed. 
So you cannot jump more than 127 locations up or down from the location that you're currently in. Uh, this can be a problem, but it is easily solved. Uh, jump uh, instruction, the first one, JMP, uh, is the in unconditional jump. This instruction does not take care about anything uh, other than uh, it being there. So whatever you put after this is going to be pushed to the program counter and then this instruction is going to be executed later. And this is the way to just go to a, a particular part of the memory and just uh, start from there. Uh, usually, uh, what we're going to do is usually we're not going to be using jumps in such a way, we're usually doing branching, but sometimes jumps are in inevitables. Uh, also, notice that there is no way here to go back. Uh, you are jumping and you're just setting a new value and you're just going to go to another location that's going to be probably referenced to uh, by a label, and that's it. If you want to do a jumping and then go back somewhere, we are going to be dealing with subroutines. Uh, subroutines are using uh, two different uh, instructions. One is JSR and the one is uh, RTS. JSR means jump to subroutine and RTS means returns from subroutine or return to a uh, location where you jump from. But this is going to be a topic for another episode. For now, I'm going to stop because I think that we have reach the first part of the what 6002 can do and what I'm going to show you is just a couple of things. First thing is how 6002 actually looks like and what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you uh, the 6002 visual 6002. This one broke on me because it took too much memory. This is so-called visual 6002. It's a site, uh, visual6002.org, and this site is using the HTML features uh, to create the representation of the actual processor. So what you can see here is the how the processor actually looks like. This is the uh, the inside of the processor, and you can see different transistors and different parts of the processors uh, running the code that is here. And this code then uh, makes part of the processor uh, active. And flashing uh, means that you are able to, uh, this part of the processor is currently uh, has power connected to it or has this active signal connected to it. This is a nice tool to uh, make a connection between what you created as a program and what is actually happening inside the processor. Because sometimes we don't understand what did we do when we said, for example, as I don't know, uh, LDA something. Uh, we created a signal path inside the processor and it told the processor to do something. Then it tries to use the, uh, tries to use the uh, opcodes and tries to understand how to create the information, uh, how to create the data that we wanted and put it inside the registers. 6002 also has links to other things that we are going to be using later. I'm going to just mention that there is uh, something called Easy 6002 Tutorial and there is a disassembler from Masswork. Um, 
and we are going to be using those uh, later in the next episode because I'm going to be going through both of those. 6.02 Easy is one of the best learning tools when it comes to starting with the 6.02 and all the different uh, examples that I used here can be run in this, in this uh, assembly uh, emulator. Also, the masswork uh, this assembler is a little bit more complicated, but it is much, much more uh, uh, akin to what it would look like if we had the actual uh, processor. And uh, the workflow in this assembler uh, is much more like what you would do normally. So you would normally uh, write down your code, you would compile it, then you would or assemble it, then you would uh, get the hexadecimal version of your code, then you would put it somewhere in the memory, and then you would tell to the, tell to the processor where to start and to start running the, running the code. But more on that in the next episode. Thank you for being with me. I hope it wasn't uh, too complicated to uh, follow me in this uh, sh short tutorial. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.